Father, it's preaching time. Father, songs have been sung, gifts have been given. And now, God, we ask that you would be the giving God that you've always been, the gracious and great God, and give us some more crumbs from the master's table that we here, just a few of your people, ask that you would feed us until we want no more. Let me decrease. Let you increase in me. Hide me behind the throne. Let them see your image upon me, hear your voice through me. And let them see something or hear something in your message that will ask, what must I do to be saved? So now, God, I ask that you let this word fall on fertile soil and disrupt stony ground. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, I praise you, give you all glory and adoration because you're my strength. And Lord, I love you because you're my redeemer. If you're truly blessed, come on, let's celebrate Jesus. God is worthy to be praised. Lord, whatever you're doing this season, please don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. Y'all know that song. Help me sing that. Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, please don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. If you're blessing, Lord, if you're blessing, blessing in this season, please don't do it without me. Oh, Lord, don't do it without me. If you're healing, Lord, if you're healing, healing. Father, don't, don't heal without me. Lord, don't heal without me. Lord, if you blessing, blessing in this season, please don't do it without me. No, no, don't do it without me. Lord, if you're blessing, blessing in this season, please don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. This is my last one. Let me get out your way. Lord, if you're loving, loving in this season, please don't do it without me. Can you slip your hand up? Don't do it without me. I want y'all to say that with me with no music. Lord, if you're loving, Y'all sound like y'all in love with Jesus. Please don't do it without me. Oh, Lord, don't do it without me. Father, whatever you're doing this season, don't do it without me. If you're healing, blessing, and loving as you always are, don't do it without me. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't want the Lord to pass me by. No, you ain't looked at your neighbor. Tell him, neighbor, I don't want the Lord to pass me by. Come on, let's celebrate Jesus one more time. With your manuals of life, if you would turn to turn to Psalms 51. 
Psalm 51. With your manuals of life, all those that are able to stand. We stand in reverence and respect to the word of God. Psalm 51. We're going to jump right to verse 14. If you have it, say amen. amen. If you're still looking, shout out Bible study. We got room for you. We don't discriminate. And it reads, deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. Thou God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thy mouth, my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifice of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. That concludes our reading. You may be seated. If you would help me just for a few anointed moments to preach on the subject, the topic, broken into being a worshiper. Broken into being a worshiper. Broken into being a worshiper. Psalm 51 is a fascinating account of how David of, uh, was king of Israel, but he sinned against God. The psalm is considered a penitent psalm where one is showing or feeling sorrow and some type of regret for having done something wrong. Now we all can give account of some of David's most memorable sins, how he committed adultery, how he had the same woman's husband killed, but yet he continued to reign as king. But we never look at how he turned away from God. Notice here in this passage, if you look, for all my Bible scholars, if you look at the voice tone and the language of how David's behavior changes, we catch him towards the end of his confession. And he's making a request. David turns to seek God for forgiveness. And he comes to him as a broken person, simply asking God to restore the relationship they enjoy together. Now, my brothers and sisters, if you know anything about David, if you happen to look during your spare time this week, 2 Samuel chapter 12, David encountered with Nathan who had came to reprimand him for something he had done. He encountered a reprimanding from Nathan because of what he had done with Bathsheba. And throughout the conversation in 2 Samuel chapter 12, David was addressed on his behavior, but he was also informing Nathan and Nathan informed him that God forgave him. So here we are where David desires to become more uh, and more of an active worshiper again. But he had to put up some things. And he had to put some things in life in perspective as he went through his penitent moment. And we all should have a penitent moment. Y'all with me this morning? Where it causes us to be the desire to be back in good graces with God. I mean, I don't know if anybody here can really be a witness that you know you ain't always been saved. You've wronged some people. You, you, you've wronged some people just enough to get what you want. And you went against the word of God, a penitent moment that causes you to confess. For the Bible declares that if you confess and he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That if you confess of your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. That if you confess 
with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That if you confess, he will obtain mercy. That if you confess, you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Confession where, Lord, everything I've done ain't always been right. In fact, Lord, I got some secret of confessions on the usher level, part one and two. There's been some things that went on in my life that I haven't walked in godliness. I haven't walked upright. I haven't always talked the way I should be talking. I haven't always shook everybody's hand or even told them I love them. Lord, this is my confession because I ain't always paid my tithes. I ain't always came to church in the right condition, in the right mindset. But God, I'm thankful that while I was in my mess, you didn't, I'm preaching this, some of y'all looking at me like you're mad, that you didn't leave your hands off of me, but you put them upon me. And by your stripes, I shall be healed. I know there's some things I haven't done right. But Lord, now I'm at a point in my life where you had to break me to use me. That, that's, a, that's a shout right there before I even take the text. There ought to be at least two witnesses that can say, I'm glad that he broke me so that he can use me. Watch this. That ought to bring the whole house to the feet because God broke you to use you appropriately. And that is to become worshipers and doers of his word. Y'all with me this morning. And so here it is. David shows us what takes place when he had been broken to worship. And there were some things that I saw as I was abstracting the message out of this text. One thing he shows us is that uh, there should be a desire for deep cleansing. Right there in verse 10, he talks about creating me a clean heart. Oh God, and renew a right spirit. But watch this. If you've been reading Psalms, Verse 7, he makes the same request, but he asks God to, to spray some stuff on me. Put something on me that make me smell right. Y'all missed that. I mean, I don't want no Gucci cologne. I don't want no, I don't want no uh, 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 Gucci black cologne. I don't want no, no, no uh, white diamonds. I want something to be sprayed upon me. That can straighten me out. I'm talking cheap stuff. I need some stuff that will straighten me up. And watch this, watch this, watch this. Notice he didn't make the request for his old heart to exist. He wanted a new heart. It's right there in verse 10. And what we need to understand is that God is taking you through this season so that he can put some newness on you. Y'all ain't shouting with me even already. Somebody should be glad that God is allowing you to experience what you are experiencing because God has some new stuff in store. So what you didn't get the job you really wanted? God has a bigger plan. So what you didn't get the house, the car, or even the raise that you had? God has a bigger plan because when God looks at his people, he has a plan for you even before you were born. I wish I was talking to some people that know what it feels like to be broken. You had to rob Peter to pay Paul. That's physical. But when your spirit has been broken, something just don't sit right on the inside. Lord, why? Because I need to change your heart. I need to put the right spirit in you. And somebody should be slipping up that hand and say, I'm so glad that Jesus saw something in me. There, there's a deep cleansing that need to take place because clearly David is stating that the heart ain't right. And if the heart ain't right, the spirit ain't right. Let me talk to you sanctified folk. You Bible told us scripture quotas. You can't have a right spirit but still act ignorant. You can't have a God heart and have an evil spirit. We all know oil and water don't mix. You can't cuss and shout at the same time. And sometimes we need to be broken so God can show you 
the errors of your ways. You might not look at Sister Sally the right way, but if your heart is right, you'll talk to her the right way. You might not like Deacon so-and-so or Reverend so-and-so, but if your spirit is right, you know you got to get it right before God comes back to get you. Look at somebody said deep cleansing. And I found out this, that when you get a deep cleansing from God, lava can't help you like zest can. Zest can make you zest fully clean. Gotta have a deep cleansing, but but here it is. David also says you have to you have to request to stay in his eyesight. Look at your Bible, verse eleven. Uh-uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a little Christian walk, not crip, but Christian walk. To verse fourteen. Look at verse eleven. He says it clearly. Cast me not away from thy presence. Watch this. Many of us don't understand. And I hate to be a bearer of bad news. Sometimes you have to be cast out of the eyesight of God to appreciate who he is. You don't miss a good thing until I wish I had some lovers in the house. You ain't always been walking the right way. In fact, some of us are illegitimate. And some of us have had some illegitimate relationships. But in some of those illegitimate relationships, we found some areas of love that we still hold on to. Y'all just missed that. And when you are with God, you have to hold on to true and dynamic love. So then therefore, if you love me like you did, and you treat me like you did, Lord, I don't want to lose what you have for me. You don't want to be out of the eyesight of God. He says, don't let me be out of your presence. Because if I'm out of your presence, guess what? All kinds of stress and drama will come around me. And not only will it come around me, it will consume me for who I am. I'm a strong believer that the reason why churches have failed to become true worshipers is because the membership has fell out of the eyesight of discipleship. We know the disciples, they were ones that followed God. So if you're a disciple, that means you want to stay close to God. And let me tell you the next piece to this before I get to the text. Not only do you want to lose the eyesight, but he says you don't want to lose your power. It's right there in verse 11 that, that, that here it is that, that now I don't want you to take your Holy Spirit from me. And that's the very reason why we can't get nowhere. Because we don't have no power. I know some people say, well, I didn't come to church to be beat up, but the truth is the truth. And the Bible says, he who the Son has set free is free. And, and so sometimes you have to accept the truth for reality. That, Lord, my power ain't in me, but it's in you. So that's why I'm praying to you, Lord, that if you keep me in your presence, I know what power should walk right. I know what, how power should look. And truth be told, can I share something with you? We got to stop looking like we've been dunked in lemon juice all day. Some of us got a reason to be here. You should want to be in the house because when it took for you to get here this week, you got a reason to lift up your hands, a reason to shout and say, God, I'm grateful that you kept grace and mercy surrounded. I wish I had some believers that could just shout with me for about two seconds. That could say, I'm so glad that I still have power Power to bless my soul. Power to heal my children. Power to speak good things into my own life. How many know sometimes you got to encourage yourself? I found out that when you have the power of Jesus, watch this. People always want to know how you can be here. That's a point right there. And what you need to grab is this. When God is working on you, he's trying to break you. He's trying to use you, watch this, as a faith bush. Uh, can I help you right here? A faith bush. That's fresh. That just came to me. It didn't even, just looking in some of your eyes. We need to have some true faith bushes where they can see faith 
when they don't understand it. I mean, I don't know if anybody here ever had $2, but your bill was $25. You had to ride to work on a quarter tank of gas all week. And you had to worry about how you was going to put food on the table. The doctor diagnosed you with cancer, but yet you're still walking. The doctor told you high blood pressure is over the roof, but yet you're still eating pig feet, pinto beans, and salt pork. The doctor said diabetes numbers are high, but you still got your right mind. That's faith. And you need to be a bush of faith that though you don't see it, I can believe it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Look at somebody say, be a faith bush. Be a faith bush. It's, it's, don't cast me out. Don't let me lose my power. Because in times like these, I need some power. I mean, can y'all just be honest with you, boy? Do you need power today? Y'all ain't tracking with me. I mean, I need some power. So then now, I won't look like I've lost all my voltage. I won't look dim. In fact, I'll be a light in somebody's dark place. But, but watch this. David says too, in verse 13, you have to become a servant and a visible believer. Because he says, then I will teach transgressors thy way, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Is that in your Bible? I'm, I'm walking you through the Bible. This ain't, this ain't makeup. This is walking through the Bible. And watch this. That word transgressors are those that have violated or overstepped boundaries. So here it is. I, Lord, if you, if you told me to uh, stay in your eyesight, I don't want to lose it. Lord, you told me I need deep cleansing. Why would you want me to be a servant and a visible believer? Because the enemy always tried to overstep bounds. Let me, let me help you. Let's, let's go this route. The enemy don't mess with evil people. The enemy always messes with God's people. And if you're not a true worshiper, then the enemy ain't going to mess with you. Y'all help me this morning. But if you're a true worshiper, that's why he got to mess with you because you got some things in line that he want to get off base. And when you are a true servant and worshiper of God, you can tell him, now you done crossed the line. Touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm because God is with me. God in front, Jesus in back, the Holy Spirit over me, grace and mercy around me. I am divinely protected. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 here it is. Let me, let me, let me get to the text. So, so then, here's the question. So then, then, what do I do to become, or what has happened for me to become a worshiper? I'm glad you asked me that in your halftime voice. Uh, here it is. Uh, David says the first thing is you, you have to be, it's because you're being broken in spirit. Uh, don't allow small ambition to interfere with your spiritual needs. Learn to give yourself to God so he can have control of what you are to become. He will not use people effectively uh, until we are broken. When you've been broken, then he will begin to show you the plans that he has for your life. I, I wish I had some, some people that didn't slip back to the potter's house. I'm at the potter's house because I need to be back on the wheel. In fact, the Bible says we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You might not be eating spam or sardines for breakfast, but there's been a time in your life where you know you ain't even been worthy of even that good eating. But if I can get two, I'll make three that can say, Reverend, I'm glad 
that God got me back in the potter's house because there's some things in the first making that had me all cracked up on the inside. I was cracked up and I wasn't smoking no real dope. My spirit was messed up and vexed all because of what somebody didn't said, what they didn't did, but I thank God that he laid his hands on me because can't nobody, when you at the potter's house, do you like Jesus? And can I get a witness that can testify? Can't nobody love me like the Lord. So, so here it is. You, you, he, he begins to show plans for you. And in order to experience the worship experience, breaking must take place. He has to break your attitude, what you think, and what you feel. Watch this. David suggests in the text that we must admit of the blood guiltiness. That's right there in verse 14. You got to admit of the blood guiltiness. Admit in the Greek, idosos, meaning you must have some access, which indicates the only way you can give access to admitting is through a consistent and valid, concise prayer life. Y'all with me? In order for God to use you, you got to be able to be a prayer warrior or have a consistent and concise prayer life. That through prayer, watch this, it's the access to break down our arrogance, which has become our character. What I struggle with with Christians is that we have become so arrogant in our walk, arrogant in our ways, that our spirit is tainted in arrogantness. You think you're better than somebody. And truth be told, there are people that come to church think they're better than the person they sit next to. Can I just give a reality talk? I'm not Steve Harvey, but I'm just putting it like this. Some people need to understand the reason why you're struggling the way you're struggling is because you're too arrogant through your pain. And I discovered this, that if you humble yourself in your pain, in your arrogance, you'll find your anointing. Y'all just missed that. Was not David the anointed one? But he was tending to the sheep. What does the sheep do? They get dirty and nasty. But if you're humble while you're going through your struggle, you'll find out that God had a special anointing on your life. So now you can walk with some purpose. But you got to give them some access. And the problem has become, watch this, not only the arrogance, but when you... When your spirit is broken, you don't have time to be arrogant. I mean, I guess I'm the only one that ever been through something. Because Sunday after Sunday, I notice that only a handful of people know how to praise. And if the record was to record and reflect our actions, then that would barely, uh, I would say, he said, barely, barely, I say unto you. Uh, and that means that would clearly promote or validate the fact that's why worship is not effective in any type of denomination. And so therefore, he's telling us we're not praying enough. You got to pray beyond pain. You got to pray even when it's good. Lord, I don't know why you keep blessing me, but I'm grateful you blessing me. Lord, I don't know why you're taking me through, but Lord, I know you wouldn't bring me this far to leave me. And so here it is. When your spirit is broken, it's to get rid of your arrogance. But watch this. Then you would have a routine to seek him on a daily basis. Come here, David. 63 says, Oh God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longs for thee in dry and thirsty places. And there's just not enough people that will lay their arrogance down and be real worshipers. God is asking us 
Are you willing to worship no matter where you are? Because had it not been God uh, on you, you know that you wouldn't have made it through. There was a story about uh, two horseback riders. They would race and one day they got together and one of the riders said, I noticed you've never won a race. You, you never won a race, but at the end of the race, people always cheering you on. But you lost. He said, your horse is old. And if he could speak, he would tell you to take him out of his miseries. He said, but you walk and you, you, you got a gallop about yourself at the end of the race. The other horseback rider said, first of all, let me clear something up. It's not always winning the race. It's just good to be able to be in the race. The other thing he said was, uh, yes, I haven't won a race. I'm glad to be in the race. And I talk to my horse on a regular basis. And his spirit tells me I'm so glad that even though I'm no good to others, you still found time to ride me. And the reason why I gathered with you on my back as if I'm a winner, because when I was down and out, you didn't put me to the slaughter. In fact, I'll gallop with you on my back because you praise me in the, in the presence of other winners. So now those that lose know what a winner is really about. And somebody should be shouting that God rode you all through all the races and the marathons that he broke some spirits. He broke some mindsets that had he not rode me when he did. I know I should be dead somewhere sleeping in my grave. I wish I had some good riders that said, I'm so glad wherever I go, I can celebrate Jesus because he rode me to get me where I am. He rode me to get me to thinking the way I am. In fact, he rode me right into my blessing. Yeah, you, yeah, that, you, you can't be ashamed to, to, to worship him when you're going through your brokenness. Because while you're going through your brokenness, God is trying to show you something. He's saying your spirit has to be broken so I can use you as a prize. And some folk don't understand. When you've been touched by the master, you become a master's piece. Brother Will, can I just get a little more love in the mind of this? I'm talking to myself because there are many masterpieces you just ain't been wiped off yet. And you need to celebrate him while you can because when he wiped the dust away, somebody can shout because look where the Lord has brought me from. Brought me out of darkness into the marvelous light. I'm so glad that God saw fit to make me a masterpiece so now I can shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine all in my home, on my job, even in the church. Just wipe me off and watch me shine. Do it. Let, let me, let me hurry up. So, 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 you being broken in spirit. But the second thing, you're being broken of self. Verse 15, he tells us we've been broken of self. Oh Lord, open thou my lips and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. If we humble ourselves through the breaking, then watch this. You should humble yourself enough to be broken over your sins. That's when you rid yourself of everything that can separate you from being in God's presence. David suggests that he will use his mouth to show praise. But we need to be broken of selfishness first. Let me help you those with a split tongue. The tongue is dangerous. In fact, uh, it was somebody's tongue 
that got you in the state that you're in right now. I want y'all to hold on to that thought. But it was somebody's tongue to make you feel broken. So then now you blame everybody but yourself for receiving for what the tongue has said. Now let me talk to you split tongue people. You know, most things that have split tongues are like serpents. And I only know of really one family that have split tongues. Uh, not not, not uh, dragons, but uh, we're talking snakes. God would not allow you to even put a praise or worship in the atmosphere if you have a split tongue. Let me put it like this. You can't tell me you love me today and talk about me tonight. You can't say you got my back, but when it's time to speak up, you silent. But then the minute it goes out, you're talking about me behind my back. That's a split tongue. But let, 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 me, let me help you a little more. You can't say that you have my best interest in helping me. But yet you have to get on Instagram, Facebook, and all type of hellish machines to tell somebody that you helped somebody that was less fortunate. Now let me help you since y'all don't want to shout on that part. The reason why somebody's tongue got you here in this position is because some of us been connected to some righteous prayer warriors. And in the process of the prayer, the Bible says the prayers of the righteous availeth much. I've never seen this seed begging for bread. So that tells me I have a reason to shout because some people put their tongue on me. So now that you got your tongue on me, I'm celebrating because God elevated me with your tongue. He'll prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. That means he's going to bless me. Why you got your split tongue out talking about me? So the more you talk, now he's going to make my enemies my footstools. And so now I'm stepping in the name of love. Not in a physical love, but a spiritual sense. That it was Jesus that paid the price. He went down to hell, got the keys back so I can have life. I wish I had some people that could say I'm glad they talked about me. They call me everything but a child of God. But God! Let it go right now. They put their tongue on you all your life. You got to give them something good to talk about. But when I woke up this morning, I didn't have no doubt that the Lord, even though you said I wasn't supposed to be here, God said he has plans for me. In fact, I had it before you were born. And for that, I could celebrate 150 songs. Just says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let me, let me hurry up. When the Lord allows you to experience being broken of yourself, so then now you will not get entangled in selfishness. And there's times where we've gotten entangled in selfishness and now we can't serve appropriately. And because of serving our ego, we cannot draw no one to Christ. Notice what David said in the text. He says, I open my lips and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. How can you praise yourself and expect people to come to God? John 5 says it like this. If I alone bear witness about myself, then my testimony is not deemed true. That's the Bible. And can I just be honest? We need to stop testifying in church. Stop, stop testifying because here it is. Verse 16 and 17, David said, you didn't desire my sacrifice or my burnt offerings, but you desired my spirit to be broken. God wants us to be 
sufficient so he can make us self-sufficient. Somebody saying, well, how can we be self-sufficient without having an ego? But he wants us to be self-sufficient because he has to have enough adequate saints to represent the kingdom. And if it's all about you, you're not representing the kingdom. But when you have been broken, then people can truly see the real you. When you're going through, you got to stop lying and saying, I'm all right. I'm going through. When people ask you, how you doing? Stop lying, test the lying, saying I'm blessed and highly favored. Because you're not highly favored. The Bible says only one is highly favored, and that's she that bore Jesus. But when you're going through, don't be afraid to tell somebody I'm going through, but the Lord is on my side. In fact, I'm going through so much now that if I just keep pressing towards the mark of the prize of the high calling, which is in Jesus, I know soon and very soon I'm going to meet the king. In fact, I may not be feeling good today, but baby, I'm here. Because long as blood is running through my veins, I have activities of my, I'm preaching and you ain't saying nothing. Activities of my lips, I can come to the house and be grateful that God has gave me the strength. But if I can get two, I'll make three that can say, Reverend, I can testify. I ain't always walked in the best of health, but I thank God he didn't let me die. In fact, I just got diagnosis last week, but yet I'm still alive. I wish I had some victory survivors that could say, I got the V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. I got the victory through health, through pain, through struggle, because God is always by my side. Yeah. But to be honest, impress your way through. So then, here it is, the reason he's been broken into being a worshiper is because he wants to draw you closer to him. Text says he had to have a broken and contrite heart. Why? Why? Somebody say why. Why would he want us to be broken? And have a contrite heart. I struggle with that. Because, Lord, you told me that if I got on your side, you never leave me nor forsake me. You told me that if I serve you, it's going to pay off after a while. You told me with your stripes, I'll be healed. So why would you want me to be broken. Because he said, it's when you're broken is when I can get your best praise. I caught that. I get that. But sometimes I just don't feel like praise. Sometimes I just want to unprophetically act in an undivine way. I, I wish y'all had, I wish I had some real Peters in the house. Sometimes I just want to act outside of my own self. Doc Turner, I, I, sometimes I just want to act Anthony. Because I know Anthony feels a little better when Anthony get loose. Why would you want me to, to, to be broken? Why, why would you want me to have a messed up a broken heart but a contrite spirit you you said you get the best praise I but I praise you when you give me good stuff but the type of praise he said I want is the praise that lets you know I'm a deliverer watch this David experienced three traumatic moments in his life one was when he he had to act crazy to get out of the presence of the kings that's in Samuel then the moment he had the other, the woman's husband killed. And then if you read 2 Samuel chapter 12, his child died. Huh. But why?
Do you want me to be broken and my heart be contrite? Because the Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 12, David stayed on his face and he prayed. Because he didn't want to believe that his child was dead. But the servants told him he was dead. He didn't want to believe it at first. Then finally when he came to his senses, he then asked, is my child dead? They said yes. The Bible says David got up then. I was asking Bible readers. They said he went to, he washed himself off. Then he anointed himself. That means he, he did have some oil in his presence. Then the Bible says, and he went to the house of the Lord. And then finally, he worshiped. You just missed that. Why did, Lord, because I can get the best praise out of you when you're going through. But then I need to wash some stuff off of you while you're going through your struggle. And then I want you to remember that you've always been anointed because you was Jesse's baby boy. You was the one that was in the pen with the sheep. You was the one that I sent for in the first place. So now, now that you washed yourself, anointed yourself, and brought yourself to the house of God, now you worship me. The Bible says then David got with his family, sat down and ate a good meal. Watch this. Some things that happen in your life happen to draw you to church. And while you at church, you should shout because what you went through, God kept his hands on you while you went through it. You may not have lost a son or a daughter, but you lost a loved one. And through the tragic and the trauma, God kept his hands of protection. I wish I had some believers that could say the reason why I worship is because God wants to remind me that I am anointed. And the reason why I'm anointed, because he already had the plan for me before I went through it. I had to go through it to realize the master's plan. Some of y'all will catch that later. Your spirit, he wants to use you for a reason. So then now you can understand this third point. The third point is... Now you're being broken to surrender. And now, when you're broken to surrender, you remember the, the wheels, the four wheels. Surrender, surrender to the will of God for your life. Surrender to the work of God for your lives. And then the wonder of working in our lives and the worship of God for our lives Paul says it like this in Philippians 3 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made comfortable unto his death if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of his death so then if I surrender I have a reason to press forward because there's a prize waiting for me. If I don't surrender, then I'll never receive what he has for me. And I don't know if anybody here comes to church sometime looking for something, but then you leave out the same way you came in. That's because you didn't surrender some stuff before you came in. Let me help you. Some of that stuff that's going on at your house, you got to leave it at your house because sometime you come to church and instead of worship, you want to tell somebody your worldly business. And there's some things that go on in the church that you have to come to church to show the person that's happening in the church that it did not stop you from coming to church. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of God. Why? Because I got to make some believers out of some folk that said I wasn't going to make it. That gave up on me a long time ago. I wish I had some survivors that could say I come to worship God because the Bible says they that worship him must worship him in spirit. So God is in the blessing business. He's in the business of using broken folk. Jesus said it in Luke chapter 4 that he came to mend the broken heart. But then 
He says, the psalmist says that God does not want to sacrifice a burnt offering. Because when you give a sacrifice of a burnt offering, you're just giving away something. But when you worship, that means you're digging way down on the inside to give him your best. The sacrifice pleasing to God is a broken spirit. And the text says, then God don't despise a broken and humble heart. He receives all those that come in brokenness. So in order to be a worshiper, then we must first be broken. For when we've experienced the brokenness, we will see that God has always been with us. But we will see that God is all we have. So God is then saying that now when you see that I'm all that you have, God then says now you'll know that I'm all that you need. And then he says now I'm all that you should ever want. So then now your worship becomes a blessed worship. So then now he says blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that moan for there, there shall be comfort. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteous sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when ye shall be rivaled, ye be persecuted, you shall be called all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice, be exceedingly glad because great is your reward in heaven. And I just wonder, is there anybody here that can say I'm a worshiper? Not only because, but I'm a worshiper because I'm blessed. In fact, I'm blessed going in and I've been blessed coming out of the city. Look at somebody say, I'm glad to be blessed. So, as I hasten to my clothes, got to let y'all go. My time has been far spent by the signs of the dead weight. I've discovered that you can't preach happiness until the Christians. Because if the Lord's been good to you, I don't have to tell you how good he's been. In fact, there should be at least five folk that can witness to the fact that I have felt broken in this walk of mine. I didn't know which way to go, but yet still I've made my way to be in his presence. In fact, there's some that can say a potter saw a vessel that was broken by the wind and rain. And he sought with so much compassion to make it all over again. Somebody this morning can say, I was the vessel that no one that was good. I cried unto the Lord, Lord, you the potter, and I am the clay. Ain't the Lord all right? Make me over again. Are you praying with me? Then God picked up the pieces of my broken life. That day he made me a new vessel. I am revived. And he revived my soul again. And I want you to know that if you're broken and scattered by the storms of life, God is trying to tell you something that you got to give your best while you still can. I'm trying to pull out all that I put in you to let the world know that you're serving a living God. One who died 
but yet he's still living again. And I got a question I got to ask you. Is there anybody here that can testify? I feel broken. I've been down and out, but I'm not through because I know God. He's not through with me yet. Can I get a witness that can testify and say, Reverend, I was the broken vessel, but God kept his hands of restoration on me. I was the broken vessel, but God kept his hands of restoring my soul. But God, I was the one that was a broken vessel, but God, he let me live again. I was the one that was broken from head to toe, from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head, back down to my feet. But God made me whole again. Is there anybody here that can testify that said when I was broken, the part I enjoyed is that God was once broken. He was broken. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of peace was upon him. But by his strength, he told me while I'm going through, you shall be healed. Is there anybody here that can be a witness and testify that I'm glad he broke me because now I'm a better worshiper. I can lift my hands and be for real. Oh, shucks, I didn't got happen. I can lift my hands and tell the Lord, thank you. I can lift my hands and tell him I know I've been born again. The reason why I'm glad that I was the broken vessel. We had so much in common. The reason why is because one Friday, he went on the cross as a broken vessel to save the sin and the lost. He died, didn't he die? From the sixth to the ninth hour, he hung there. The sun refused to shine. The moon dripped down in blood. The Bible said he dropped his head in the locks of his shoulders. He died. He was broken. But before he was broken, he said, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God, why is thou forsaken me? How many know when you're broken, you always ask why? Why me? Why, Lord? Why me? Why did you forsake me? The Bible said he hung there from the sixth to the ninth hour. The record record. They buried him before lunch. The Bible said he got up before breakfast. And that tells me he died. But on Thursday morning, he got up with power and heaven and earth in his hands. Power to walk right. Power to shout right. Power to worship right. Why? Because when I was broken, I didn't die. But he raised me back up again. We are saints that have just been sinners who have fallen. But yet God has let us rise again. I got a question I want to ask you this morning. Ain't he all right? Have you tried him? Have you been broken and found out that God will, God will, God will, won't he do it? Say yes. Can I get one to help me close this thing? Stand to your feet. If you know he blessed you, if he kept you in your brokenness stand, put your hand on your hip, let your backbone slip, and say, I'm so glad he broke me when he did so now I know be not dismayed whatever betide God will 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 make a way out of no way help me one more time 
your head by your ear and say, God will, God will, won't he do it? Say yes, say yes, say yes, yes. Just touch two people and say, I was broken to worship. I was broken to worship. Just touch two people and tell them I was broken to worship. I was broken to worship. We've been made into it for a night, but my worship got joy. Joy in the morning, joy in the noonday, joy in the midnight hour because God did not give me the spirit of fear. God did not create me to worry. He did not create me to fear, but he created me to worship. And they that worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Do you got a reason to say thank you? Do you got a reason to shout his name? Jesus, Jesus. Broken to worship. 